Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to the Royally Us podcast. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. This week, it's all about Harry and Meghan. The couple are expecting their second child, and we give you all the details on Meghan's pregnancy, plus reveal the palace's reaction. We are also joined by The Telegraph's KJ Yasmin, who breaks down Meghan's big legal win against a UK tabloid, and how her pregnancy will be very different than when she was expecting baby Archie. Hi, Molly. Big baby Hi, news. Hi, Christina. I know it's so exciting. Baby news, such a nice little bright way to make the February a little bit less depressing. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, let's get to our Royal Roundup and kick it off with Harry and Meghan, of course, announcing baby number two. So they made this announcement with this gorgeous photo of them uh, probably sitting in their backyard. She's holding her baby bump. He's barefoot. Very cool, very laid back LA vibe. It was great. And I think it was so smart of them to release the photo because, you know, we as content creators and journalists know that everyone is, there's a lack of new photos of celebrities right now. Yeah. So anyone who's writing a story about them would have had to use a year old photo probably. And so it's great that they gave this photo to go with it. Definitely. And, you know, the, the photographer spoke out spe speaking about the significance of the photo as well and what it was like uh, filming Harry and Meghan during the special time, right? Yes. So his name is Misan Harriman. He's a Nigerian-born British photographer, and he's shot for British Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, tons of different magazines. And he actually shot this remotely. He mm -hmm. used an iPad and sort of told them, I guess, where to go and staged it a little bit and shot the photo. So really cool. That is really cool. And we don't know exactly how far along she is, but we do know, obviously, she suffered a miscarriage uh, last year. So I think, you know, sources told us that she wanted to wait until she was pretty far along, until she felt safe enough to announce it. We are also hearing that she's absolutely delighted that she is feeling well, and Harry cannot wait to expand his family and be a new dad all over again. Yeah. And I loved the little detail. You know, most royals don't release a photo, like mm -hmm. we said, but also, there was another detail in their statement that I've never seen before. They said, we can confirm that Archie is going to be an older brother. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really cute. Instead of saying, just saying we're expecting a baby, they said, Archie's expecting a little sibling. So it's... That was nice. I'm definitely happy for them. And the palace is happy for them as well. They sent their well wishes in a statement, a, a short brief statement, but they did say that they are delighted. Yes, really nice. Yes, yes. It was on behalf of uh, the Queen, uh, uh, Prince Philip, Prince Charles, and other members of the royal family. 
We haven't heard from William and Kate directly yet, but maybe they are grouped in that other members of the royal family statement. (laughs) Yeah, really interesting because they still have their fully functioning Instagram. Mm -hmm. So, but you know, I guess we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on that one. And like we said before on the top of the show, this is probably why the, the reason she's not returning to the UK this summer. We don't know exactly when she's due. I mean, she definitely has a bump. So I'm guessing it's before Harry would leave in June. So maybe she's due, you know, April, May, maybe right around the same time she had Archie. Right. And I'm sure there's going to be tons of scrutiny over her decision whether to go or not to go. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important, I guess, to remember that she doesn't have to go. No, she, she doesn't, doesn't have to go. go. She can Zoom, especially if she's, if she's going to have a brand new baby. Yeah. <laughs> she can Zoom. Um, well, this was also a big news for Harry and Meghan this week, that they are gearing up for their very first interview post-royal life. Now, this is, I mean, I, we've been waiting for this for a very, very long time. And uh, they're going to sit down with CBS and have this long sit-down interview. Yeah, I cannot wait to see this. What do you think they're going to talk about? I mean, they said in the statement that it is a wide-ranging interview. The first half is going to be just Megan, and she's going to talk about stepping into royal life, marriage, motherhood, uh, her philanthropic work that she's been doing. And then later on, Prince Harry will come in and speak about the move to the United States. So I don't know if this is going to be a no-holds-bar interview, if they're going to kind of spill all the tea. I highly doubt it. But um, I mean, this is the first time they're really speaking out about it i'm excited it's good. it all goes down yeah. march 7th yeah it's gonna be what it's march 7th it's coming out march 7th so we're gonna have a full recap <laughs> that week yeah that's gonna be great and i do hope that they reveal some real details and not just because mm-hmm. you know we know they love to talk and they love to speak in sort of inspirational quote language and it's really nice but sometimes i'm just like come on like tell us something give yes. us like Give us a little bit of dirt. So hopefully that will happen. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure the rift between William and Harry will come up and maybe, you know, he can kind of set the record straight about that. Um, well, while Harry and Meghan were busy planning their birth announcement, uh, the, Duke is, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge spent some time once again thanking frontline workers. Take a look. It's so interesting to see what a typical day is like for yourself. I think it gives like a good insight as to what we do in a day. This is the job that I was meant to do. In your video, you talked about not ideal (laughs) um, uh, nursing in a pandemic. Especially seeing it through a pandemic, like you don't have the families there to support your patients and you have to give them so much more. My granny, my mum and my sister are all nurses, so I kind of couldn't really escape it. Compassion empathy obviously runs strong in your family. I mean, we say this week after week, it seems to be a reoccurring theme for the two of them, which is a great thing. Yeah, and so they were speaking to nursing students from Ulster University, which is in Northern Ireland, obviously, and they were speaking to them about how even though they're students and they're like some of them are first year students, they've had to jump in and do work to help with the pandemic. So that was just really interesting. I hadn't really thought about that angle of it, that people who are just starting their training or out there working now. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. I know a friend of mine whose husband is a a student, he was kind of pulled into the front lines as well. And, you know, they're getting help from everywhere that they can. But it is, it's a lot of pressure to ask of these people and they're doing a great job. 
I loved how Kate said that there are three generations of nurses working together now all over the UK. You have these trainees, you have the people who are actively working, and then you have the retirees who are coming back into the fold. So that was just a really interesting thing for her to highlight as well. Yeah. And speaking of COVID, it was revealed that Prince Charles and Camilla both got their vaccines. Now um, they received their vaccines recently and it doesn't seem like they got any special treatment because they fit all of the guidelines, right? Right. And Charles had said previously that they were pretty far down the risk and, you know, they're 72 and 73 years old. So they're considered high risk. So they, you know, it seems like they didn't get any special treatment or anything. Yeah, no, but glad they're vaccinated and get, I'm glad a lot of people are getting vaccinated too. It's, it's a long road, but we're getting there. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royal tea. And Princess Diana's former trainer, Jenny Rivet, is speaking out about her body battles, her workout routine, and how she taught the princess how to rollerblade. So this is the first time that she has spoken out, um, I think, ever. And we, you know, kind of giving us a new perspective on Diana. Right. I had no idea there was a former trainer of Diana floating around ready to speak. I know. We got to get her on the show. (laughs) Yeah. So the the most interesting thing I thought she said was that she didn't really know she was supposed to curtsy to Diana. So she just never did. And apparently Diana really liked that. And she never realized that she was supposed to do it until she saw one of their mutual friends curtsying to her. And I guess she was like, oh no, I should have been doing this. But yeah, so that was funny. That is so funny. And I love how she said that William and Harry used to j- sometimes join in on their workouts together. Um, she taught her how to rollerblade around the, the palace, which we saw in the crown. So she kind of gave some fun little tidbits about Diana. Yeah, and the step aerobics too. Very on-trend 80s, 90s exercises. Would have loved to see those leg warmers on Diana. Also this week, the Daily Mail is reporting that Harry and Meghan are set to lose all their remaining patronages. As we know, their tenure as senior members of the royal family ends at the end of March. So this is kind of a big deal. And, you know, I think that this is going to be hard for Harry because it has a lot of ties to his military, uh, military ties that he would probably lose. Right. And Robert Jobson, the person who spoke about this, he said there's no way back to official duties for them pretty much due to this announcement of the CBS interview. I think that is kind of the final nail in the coffin. And no matter how much they would want to stay in the royal fold in that way, it seems that maybe that might not be in the cards. Can't have it all, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate. All right, well, now it is time to break down the royal rules. And Meghan Markle recently won her big privacy case against the UK tabloids. And to help us understand her legal win and to talk about uh, her pregnancy in LA is our friend uh, KJ Yasmin from The Telegraph. Take a look. Well, KJ, thank you so much again for joining us. As always, we love getting your insight. Thank you so much for having me. All right, well, let's kick it off with Meghan's legal win. Were you surprised by this, by this uh, verdict? We were all really surprised. I was talking to a lot of other British journalists and nobody was expecting this because what it was, was her summary judgment was an appeal to the court to uh, hand down the judgment on the case without actually having a trial. So as you can imagine, the bar to, uh, to win that kind of uh, uh, request is really high because the judge hasn't heard any evidence from witnesses. He hasn't had, you know, weeks to, to speak to everybody in the case and, you know, read every document. Um, and he's being asked to make a decision. So the fact that she won was very surprising. Yeah. 
Wow. So she sued the publication over five stories. Did she win each of those cases? So the way it was, was all the stories were taken together. But there was three issues. So, and each issue, um, apply, they all applied equally to the stories and the stories were taken as sort of one case, basically. Um, and the issues were privacy, um, copyright infringement and data protection. And the data issue the judge didn't deal with, I'm not quite sure when or how that's going to be dealt with. The main thing was the privacy aspect and also the copyright aspect. Um, and uh, she won on both, yeah. Do you think the Mail on Sunday is going to fight this? It's a big question. So right now they, they have left the door open to an appeal. Um, it's a difficult one because if, they, if their appeal is denied, they need to get a permission to appeal. I mean, that, it will be, you know, that, that's not going to look great for them. Um, and also there's a question because of um, the judge in this case, and he's now been promoted to the Court of Appeal, there's a question really of, of whether anyone's going to overturn this ruling. It's, it's, it's unknown, um, but they're considering it. So does this ruling mean that Megan will or won't have to go to trial later this year? So there is still an aspect that is right now going to trial. It's kind of unclear how this is going to work um, because it's not really much has been said about it. So what the judge has left open is who actually wrote the letter. So who owns the copyright? So he says that copyright has been breached, but the male claimed that Megan had help in writing the letter. So even if, um, you know, it's like anything, if even if you wrote two or three words, you know, contributed to a song or, or a book, Technically, that's something that, you know, you own that copyright. So the staff at Kensington Palace, I think it's the communication secretaries that the male have said helped her write this letter. Um, if they own the copyright, then it's a breach of their copyright as well. And so the trial would be to determine who actually owns the copyright. Um, the judge didn't seem very persuaded by the fact that um, that. So there might be other copyright owners to this letter, but he said he could, that wasn't something he could decide in a summary judgment and did have to go to trial. I mean, potentially that could still be very embarrassing, um, especially because there'd be questions raised is if she, and this is one of the things the Mail on Sunday said, is if she really was intending for this letter to be private, why would you ask essentially a publicist to help you write it? Mm -hmm. So... Interesting. And we don't know what the damages that Megan will win for the case yet. That's still to be determined. Yeah. So that's going to be next month. Um, and they're going to be high potentially. So I've heard the figure of 300,000 for invasion of privacy. That's pounds, about probably $500,000. And um, particularly the copyright um, breach could be very high because essentially she would be entitled to uh, profits from the sales of the newspaper mm. and the, I guess, the um, advertising online that appeared around the articles. So um, however it is they calculate how much each article brought in for the website or the newspaper, there is a potential she could be entitled to, uh, to money directly from those articles. So I don't know how they figure it out, but it could be really high. Well, in the midst of all of this, Megan did announce her pregnancy. Um, yeah. And, you know, do I, I feel like royals don't typically announce their pregnancy with a photo, but this was uh, essentially a, a maternity photo shoot, and that's how they decided yeah. to announce it. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. And, um, you know, it looks beautiful photo. They look great, very relaxed. But no, usually it's like a one line statement. In fact, when the queen was pregnant with Prince Charles, like this is one of my favorite facts, um, she didn't even announce her pregnancy. All they gave out was this very cryptic statement saying that she would not be undertaking any engagements for the next few months. That was in 1948. So from that, you were meant to figure out that she was pregnant. Um, so we've gone kind of from that to the, the maternity photo shoot. So um, usually, though, I think for, you know, Eugenie, for Kate, uh, usually it's just a couple of lines, you know, in a statement and basically promises that press will get further updates if there are any. So we're assuming that Megan's going to be giving birth in L.A. So how does the typical L.A. birth differ from a British birth? I mean, you know, the nuts and bolts of it are probably pretty, pretty much the same. But um, I think in LA, uh, you're probably going to get slightly, you know, for an A-list pregnancy, I think you're going to be getting more oversight, you know, lots more scans. Um, actually, C-sections are more common in LA. Um, I, you know, they're, they're viewed as actually safer in some ways. Um, and I know that she, well, we believe that she wanted a home birth, possibly a water birth for the first, for her first pregnancy. And she did end up giving birth at the Portland in London, which is a private maternity hospital. Um, so we don't know what will happen um, this time, whether it's going to be a home birth, which especially in Santa Barbara, the moms seem to be very into home births, especially during COVID, which you can understand. Um, uh, but if she does give birth, it's probably everybody thinks going to be at Cedar sinai uh, which is the A-list hospital in, uh, in L.A. Definitely. I mean, how do you think the palaces uh, reacted to this photo behind closed doors? You know, I think at this point they are probably, they don't know what to expect. They're probably grateful that she didn't announce it with a music video or on the cover of American Vogue, like some of her uh, LA contemporaries have over the last year. Um, but I think um, realistically, the more buttoned up palace courtiers were probably not very impressed. They probably thought it was very LA, a little bit, um, a little bit attention seeking. Um, you know, the, the fact is it did end up on the front page of every uh, major newspaper in the UK. So, you know, if they, if the newspapers didn't have that photograph to run, you know, it would have been a smaller story. Um, but it was a big story. Um, so from that point of view, it, it feels attention seeking. Um, and also the fact that Harry was barefoot, it had that Notting Hill vibe, right? Because it mm -hmm. looked like that scene at the end of Notting Hill with uh, Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant, where she's also has her head on his um, on his leg and she's pregnant. You know, this is that kind of Hollywood aspect. I think basically, you know, in 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 behind palace doors, you know, they they don't really want to be seen as being Hollywood. You know, that's something they view as something very different. That's not their role. Um, and this was a very Hollywood picture. Well, KJ, thank you so much as always for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. This is great. Thank you. Thank you so much. KJ always giving us some good insight as always. I know. I don't know how she keeps track of it all. All of that, all those legal details and everything. <laughs> Makes my head spin. All right. Well, moving on to our Royal History moment of the week. And Harry and Meghan announced their exciting pregnancy news on a very special day. It wasn't just Valentine's Day, but this day had a special close meeting to Harry, right? 
Right. Really sweet. So Valentine's Day is the day 37 years ago that Princess Diana announced that she was expecting Prince Harry. Love that. I love that. It's definitely always a, a nod to Diana, which I think is really nice. And um, I'm sure that this meant a lot to him and to his family. I'm sure they were waiting for the right moment. And it just turned out to be Valentine's Day, which was a nice little nod to her. Yeah, really sweet, really great timing. Totally. All right. Well, before we wrap up, we have to check in on our royal kids and the speculation already swirling about a baby name for Harry and Meghan. So what names are in the running? So many. It's really interesting. Most of the names that are topping the list are really traditional, even though Archie was not necessarily traditional. That is true. Yeah. They're saying maybe they'll keep with the A name. Who knows? Right. I don't foresee them keeping with the A theme. I think having the kids all have the same first initial is very like 1970s. I don't know if they're going to go that route. What do you think? I don't think so either, but they're saying that maybe if they have a girl, maybe they will name her Diana. Who knows? There's a lot of names for them to choose. Archie was a little bit different. um, So maybe they're going to go with a a different type of name as well. We'll have to just wait and see. Yeah. And it also, so the odds that they could name the baby Diana are at 10 to one and the odds that they would name the baby Thomas, Megan's father's (laughs) name are also at 10 to one. And I don't know who's calculating these odds, but I don't feel like that's a good bet to take. I think that's a slim to none chance. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that is going to happen at all. Maybe but, they'll no. name it like Thomas Voldemort Mountbatten <laughs> Windsor. I don't know. Seriously. No, that is not going to happen, but who knows? Stranger things have happened in the Royal family. So that is true. That is true. All right. Well, Molly, thank you, of course, as always for breaking down all things Royals with me. Thank you, Christina. Well, thank you to KJ and, of course, Molly for joining us on this week's episode of Royally Us. Don't forget to subscribe and check out the Us Weekly YouTube page for even more on your favorite royals. Save on Cox Internet when you add Cox Mobile and get fiber-powered Internet at home and unbeatable 5G reliability on the go. So whether you're playing a game at home yes, cool. or attending one live, no! you can do more without spending more. Learn how to save at cox.com slash internet. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial cable. Cox Mobile runs on the network with unbeatable 5G reliability as measured by Ookla LLC in the U.S. to H 2023. Results may vary, not an endorsement of the restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.